Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right, as you can see on my... Actually, you're, you're on my left, I guess. But on the, the screen, uh, you're on my right. Correct. Or you're on the viewer's right. Uh, this, is, this is Peter Allen. This is my buddy. Uh, on Twitter, you may know him as Butch Husky. Uh, he is substituting today for Brad. Brad is uh, at Disneyland with the family. He's so on assignment. He's, yeah, he's actually he is on assignment because he's counting like all the Giants hats in uh, in Disneyland. That's uh, that's part of his gig. He saw a San Jose Giants hat at Disneyland today, which was kind of interesting. Fabulous. Um, so Peter and I go back a few years. We met on Twitter. There, you know, back in the good days of Twitter, it was an easy way to connect with fans of sports teams and that's kind of how we met and we would do these things called tweet ups which i imagine i don't know if they exist anymore <laughs> but we i mean we actually have friends from those days on twitter in like the 2010 ish 2009 time frame uh and so that's how you and i met and you also had some season tickets and you'd call us up when you had some open seats and as long as i you know as long as uh, I think all I had to do was like get you like some in and out or something, and you were like, "That's that's good." I'm a cheap date, <laughs> but um, so you know, talk about your fandom a little bit as we as we introduce you because I'm I'm very excited to talk to you. We don't haven't had a chance to to actually talk Giants in quite a while, so this would be a treat. But talk about you know how far your fandom goes back, and you know going to live games and and all that. Sure. Well, there hasn't been much to talk about of late, right? At least until the last couple years, maybe, and especially this year. So I'm I'm really excited to be able to be in October talking about Giants baseball. It's a beautiful month in the Bay Area. If you haven't been here before or you're, you're from out of the area, definitely come here in October sometime. And it's even better when there's baseball. But um, thanks. Uh, and thanks for having me on. I've been following uh, the pod and I've been following the, you know, the Facebook and, uh, and of course, all of your tweets, um, even if I've been, um, you know, out of the loop a bit. Um. Yeah, so what's up, everyone? I'm a lifelong Giants fan. I'm actually a third-generation Giants fan. My grandfather was a New York Giants fan. He moved out here um, in uh, the early aughts or so, or the, the teens uh, with his family, uh, established a life here, got married kind of late, had my father, who then, of course, by proxy became a San Francisco Giants fan once they moved out to, in 1958. Uh, they were uh, they, The legend goes that they were at the very first game oh, at wow. Seal Stadium. Um, I don't know if I can prove that entirely. I don't know if we have the stubs. <laughs> no right? ticket stubs. Right. Um, but uh, they might be somewhere in a safe deposit box somewhere. But uh, truthfully, uh, we were season. My family was season ticket holders for a very long time, pretty much from that point until uh, I want to say um, around the time the the Lurie family was about to sell us and send us to Tampa Bay. Uh, and around that time, I think the when the McGowan clan came in and took over um, the ticket price and bonds was signed. The ticket prices went up a little bit and my yeah. grandfather got a little bit tight with the wad as it were. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so at, after that point, it was more of just a, a labor of love for me. Um, and then if I went to ended up going to school, I was raised in San Jose. I ended up uh, going to school down in Los Angeles at a, uh, one of the school that should be unnamed um, <laughs> rhymes with like 
boo f g <laughs> uh, and uh, had opportunity to see giants baseball from a whole different perspective at dodger stadium i would go down to san diego to old jack murphy qualcomm um, and eventually petco park um, and just in a be able to enjoy the Giants from afar in a way, um, but it got me got me pretty detached. So when I came back home in around around 2004, ended up working for the Giants as an usher uh, for a year and a half or so. And then uh, I had a buddy who had season tickets through his uh, grandparents who decided they were going to discontinue theirs as well because it was getting too pricey at yeah. Pac Bell. Um, and so he and I uh, just however we could just whatever we could scrape together pulled our resources and kept the tickets um and i was really happy to be a season ticket holder for almost um almost eight years uh up until uh just before the end of the bochi administration um but got to see the three wonderful championships i also have been through all of the hell with all of you um you can go we can go backwards or forwards however you want you know or just random you know uh nafi perez benny agbayani uh levon hernandez the first edition with the marlins right in 97 we could talk about 103 wins and going home because of solomon torres we could we can go on and on i don't want to yeah. get into the finley slam or the <laughs> salmon off of felix rodriguez you know but just so you know i mean i cried just as much when jt snow got punched in the face by Felix by um, uh, Pudge Rodriguez, you know, to end that series. Yeah, yeah. I probably felt just as bad as JT did just, just <laughs> watching it happen. So I've been there with you fans. I've been there with you for the, the worst times of our lives, but also the best times. Um, and uh, if I, the one thing I love about this one, one of the things I like about this show is the, the title because uh, Robbie Thompson, Will Clark are probably two of my, Will is definitely my favorite giant of all time, but they are absolutely two of my favorite giants of all time. And that era is really where I came of age in 87, oh, yeah. Yeah. 88, 89. Absolutely. Um, it was really sad to see Will go, right? Um, uh, and sort of like usurped by Barry. I came to love Barry begrudgingly. But <laughs> once we, uh, once JT came along and sort of rekindled that, that Will Clark swagger at first base, right? I, uh, he certainly became my, my second favorite player. Um, and now I don't know. I don't know if I could pick one of these. We're going to get into it tonight, but I don't know if I could pick one of these guys that's on this current team. Now they're just, it's such a great, uh, hodgepodge, yeah. quilt, you know, patchwork quilt of really solid baseball players. Yeah, um, and I think that's why it's why they were so successful in the regular season. But I also think there's a reason why they'll be they have a chance to be very successful in the postseason too. I saw, I saw, I think it was Baggerly who said the Giants have like because we look at um, replacement level, like that's where you kind of set the bar. War. And, and and that yeah you know wins above replacement and so Baggerly said something to the effect of not only do the Giants have like nobody under replacement level the majority of the players on their team are well above replacement level so like you said collectively they as a unit they just have a lot of good players and they don't have that one stud player who stands out, you know, the, the Bryce Harper type or the Juan Soto type, but the collection of really solid baseball players who add to, you know, wins is kind of the way that they did it this year. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's evidenced by the fact that um, if you watch like the uh, the MLB promo videos or you look at their memes, right, or the official or the the network, you know, ESPN or TBS, whatever promos, you know, you'd be hard pressed to find a giant in any of those promos, <laughs> frankly, or if you blink, you miss like Mike Yastrzemski or Kevin Gossman for like a, a split second. Um, they really don't know how to market this team because they are so they are so diverse and they are just across the board so good. There really isn't that standout. I guess, you know, Buster would be the one since he already has kind of the name. Right. Yeah. Um, and he's the one you probably see the most of in those promos. But 
it's just amazing to me, not just the disrespect this team gets from like sports writers or from others who just keep discounting them all year, right? Or kept discounting them all year. But the disrespect they get just from the meme makers, because <laughs> they don't, you know, where's our love? Where's the love for the team that had the best record in the league, right? Yeah, um, I, yeah. I get, but I get it too. It's, you know, and I kind of like it. I think we all kind of like it, frankly. That, no, we do. You know, we do. I have, I have a Dodgers friend, buddy, who's like, you know, you, you know, this, what did he say? The pumpkin is going to turn, you know, the, the, the whatever is going to turn back into a pumpkin. Cinderella's over. And I said, I told him, I go, look, I don't think that the team, and the fan base has any problem whatsoever of the Giants being the underdog. Like, you go back to all of the titles that they did win in 10, 12, and 14. 12 is probably the best team, but going into that World Series against the Tigers, no one thought the Giants were going to win, so they were still the underdog. Right. Wild card in, in, in 14 and then in 10, they were just kind of, they kind of came out of, I wouldn't say nowhere because they were a good team. But no one expected yeah. them to win the World Series from the beginning of the season. So I think that I think this team is comfortable playing that underdog. Like let the Dodgers get all the pressure; they're supposed to win, and we're just going to play good baseball and see see what happens. I think that's a, a and the fans I think enjoy that too. You know, there are some fans like ah, oh, you know, MLB's Twitter account is always <laughs> telling us when the Dodgers are back in first place, but then when the Giants go back in first place, there's no tweets from the you know that kind of thing. But yeah. that's how we always are. We're always about like. You know, give us our credit when we deserve it, but we're not going to be highfalutin and and you know the we don't like being the team who's supposed to win it. Like you know, you go back to one uh one hundred and and three wins, there was pressure on that team because we had bonds right. or adding bonds to a core. Go back to um the last team that won a hundred hundred games, the the uh, Felipe, Felipe. Lou team. Yeah. They were kind of the favorite going into the the playoffs that year, and then they fell flat on their face. Right. So I, I I like where we sit, and and for my friend, the Dodgers fan, I was like, look, you guys have all the pressure. You guys win the division every year. You spend and you a have ton of money on your team, ton of money, yep. and you have one title to show for it. So it just shows that when you get to the playoffs, it's a little bit of a crapshoot, and that's kind of where we sit. Before yeah. we get to the intro, I just want to preview what we're going to talk about. So we're going to preview what starts on Friday, which is. The I can't imagine there's a, been a bigger divisional series in the history of of pay, the playoffs. I was trying to think, um, and I couldn't think of one, especially not in Giants or Dodger lore, frankly. Right. And then, so we're going to preview that whole series. We'll talk about you know what we think is going to happen. What I have some numbers. We'll talk about the rotation because they made an adjustment to this rotation that they it was it was a change from the whole year. And um, and then we'll kind of talk about the rest of the playoffs and and if you have any thoughts. But before that, before we get to the uh, the little intro video here, Brad and I we love to celebrate uh. doing this podcast with an adult beverage. And so I have um, a Rick House bourbon, which is very smoky, very oaky, mm-hmm. and it's it's not something that you can drink quickly. You have to let it sit with you. I'm very much enjoying it. What are you drinking? You got to swirl that around like wine. Too. That, that bourbon sounds beautiful. I don't know if I can handle that quite this early, but um, it is five o'clock somewhere. It's here. Uh, so I'm drinking a local brew, a 21st Amendment Hell or not in Hell or Five Water Room. Sorry. It's the uh, uh, Brew Free or Die IPA. Tonight. There you so, go. All right. Uh, cheers. I'm, cheers to you. To anybody and everybody who is uh, sitting here with us during this playoff run. Absolutely. All right. Let, let's get to the video and then we'll start this show. Bedrosian throws to Sandberg, and the pitch is grounded to second base. Thompson has it, throws to first. It's over. 27 years of waiting have built on in. 
All right, so let's talk about the season series for the Giants and the Dodgers. The Giants won the season series 10-9. to 9. I didn't crunch very many numbers, but I kind of I wanted to see how close this series really was because I remembered there were some blowouts in there. And what I also remembered was that the Dodgers like won the first four games. Right. So in this 19 game series, uh, at first four games, you know, the Giants basically um, out of the out of the rest of the 15 games, the Giants won 10 of them. So Dodgers started great in uh, in May. They swept us in San Francisco. That was painful. Then the next week, uh, Giants went to L.A. and they took three out of four in L.A. Came back in June, end of June. Dodgers took two quick ones. It was a two-game series. And then July 19th, to start a four-gamer, the Giants take three out of four. And then the following week, they took two out of three. Then the teams didn't play for uh, for a little while. Uh, over a month, and then the Giants took two out of three again in August, making it uh, winning the series ten to nine. So started out really heavy on the Dodgers. I remember that first series; I was just like, "Oh, that's what the season is going to be. We're not going to be able to pace with these guys. It's just mm-hmm. what you know. It's going to be Padres and Dodgers, like everyone thought it was." But I don't know what it, I don't know what the change was. I know that you know it took the Giants a you know the, the Giants started okay. They they didn't start you know on the hundred and you know, seven game pace, they started okay, but it seemed like throughout the season, they just continued to evolve the team and they continued to, to figure out what it was to, to make them incrementally better every month. And you rarely see that in baseball. Like I, I want to say that April was probably their worst month of the whole year. Um, and they just kept getting better and better and better. It wasn't a dramatic difference. It wasn't like they went from winning 10 games a month to 20 games a month. It was just like very steadily up and to the right. And so my first question to you is, if I was to tell you, or if I was to ask you, what were the runs by each team in a in a 19-game series? Give me like ballpark what you what you think. How, how many runs did the Dodgers score? Mm. How many runs did the Giants score? Well, I, I mean, I know overall the Dodgers did finish with, I think, the best run differential in the league, if not second, maybe, and the Giants were second. Perhaps in the end, I think the Giants actually came on pretty strong towards the end. But um, I would have to say the Dodgers probably won the run differential pretty. I would even say significantly because I just recall the Giants victories while being incredibly thrilling and and wins at the end of the day. They were all very torturous from what I recall, except maybe a few. Um, I I do recall we we took a couple off at Kenley Jansen or we had to. um, So that would lead me to believe the Dodgers probably had a, a higher run differential there. But. That's my guess. So that was my hypothesis as well when I looked into this. I was like, okay, Dodgers probably won the run the one dif- uh, won the run differential, and it's probably by a decent amount. It was barely; they they were almost even, basically. Wow. So wow. for for the season, the Dodgers were plus two sixty nine in uh, run differential. The Giants were plus two ten. Giants were second, and then coming up in uh, in third was uh, Tampa Bay Tampa. at two hundred six, and then Houston at two hundred five. So it was actually. 80 runs scored for the Dodgers, so 4.2 runs per game. Okay. 78 runs for the Giants, 4.1 wow. runs per game. That's so it was a lot closer than I thought. Yeah, and I would so, not have predicted that. And, and so, I mean, if we take out, you know, you, can, you can't take out the first four or five games or maybe in the first 10 games. As the season got older and older and older, the Giants actually kind of dominated the Dodgers. Now, not dominating in the like blowing them out in every game, but just consistently beating the Dodgers 
playing the giant style of baseball, which is home runs, you know, good, good quality pitching. And that's the way that the Dodgers went too. like this team that, that Farhan has, has built very much in the mold of a Dodgers team. If he was to go, okay, what, what, how, how are we going to, what's the blueprint? Well, we're going to do exactly what I did with the Dodgers, but we just can't spend as much money. <laughs> right. You got to go and, a money ball, more money ball with it, I guess. And, and so, you know, looking at the way that they played each other, these games were very similar. They were very close. And which leads me to think that this thing's going five games. I mean, I, I would love to see the Giants like win three and be done with this. That, that, that is almost seems impossible to happen. Now, if the Dodgers kind of boat raced a little bit, um, I think less people would be surprised, but I would be surprised because after I looked at the, this, how they played each other during the series, they played each other so tight, and it's almost like they were playing themselves in a sense because they're built similarly. Uh, and so I just kind of wanted your take on that. Like, as you remember the season series, like, what, what, do, what do you think, and how do you think that the Giants match up with this crazy roster of Dodgers? Well, like, I mean, like I said, I've been in this for a long time, right? So I've come to know the trends and I've come to sort of uh, I feel like I can read the tea leaves um, even early in a season, right? So, you know, the, I remember when um, uh, we went out there and Buster hit a home run, I think it was first at bat, right, of the season in that opening game in Seattle, right? And, mm-hmm. I'm, and I turned to my wife, who is not a golfer or a baseball fan. <laughs> uh, she's She's football is her thing. Um, but I've taught her a lot about baseball this year. I turned to her and said, you know, you don't know what that just meant, but that's just amazing what he just did. And she's mm-hmm. like, and she says to me, isn't he the guy that took the year off last year to be with the kids? I'm like, yes, exactly. Yes. <laughs> nice. uh, so, but that game was a total, you know, uh, whatever you want to call it, 180, right? Because they ended up blowing it late. I think, I don't know if McGee, I forget if McGee blew it or someone, you know, the bullpen blew the game. Yeah. And, uh, and I just, through my arms up and said, well, that's the stats that what this season's <laughs> going to be like. It ended just like the last, or it started just like the last season ended, right? right With that right, right. against the Padres. Um, and uh, so that was my first impression of the season. So I kind of like tried to emotionally distance myself a bit early on. And then of course they started so horribly against the Dodgers. And that's just not a good sign. Cause if they, you knew if they were going to have to compete in this division, they'd have to win in the division. They'd have to beat the Dodgers. They'd have to beat the Padres uh, if they wanted to compete with them. And I think even I told, I think I told you I was, 81 wins would be great. Like yeah, 500 yeah, yeah, would yeah. be fucking, pardon my French, but 81 wins would be ideal. It would be yeah. beautiful. Um, so that was my impression going in. So I kind of like stepped back a bit. And I, I absolutely know the night, the moment that the worm turned, I think for the team, but also for me in this season. And it's been making, it makes a lot of rounds on Twitter. And I think he's almost like a, a local legend now, but uh, Mike Talkman's catch against yes. Albert Pujols that really saved that game and helped the Giants get their first win against the Dodgers this year. I don't necessarily believe, and I don't even think Kapler would tell you he believes in like momentum or, you know, it, it every day to me, every, he comes out every day and thinks he can win and tries to win every they game. They can't and, be so analytical and then go, Oh yeah, but momentum works too. <laughs> right. Right. We have the intangibles. And you say that we have the intangibles. It's like, okay. Um, but yeah, that, that moment. And it's, it's a, ma- it's a massive meme. Like there's even a Talkman bot now on Twitter, which I highly recommend everyone follow. It's beautiful pictures of him and his dog. That moment just, some like it kind of sums up the season, right? It's like Pujols, uh, you know, former you know former giant killer with the cards, but now oh, with, yeah. the, with the with the evil empire, and you know they're just going to get one more up on us at the last moment, and our and the uh, the bullpen did it again, right? Um, and the, everyone's on their feet. The Dodgers fans are already walking to their cars to go home, and no, it's not over yet, right? Um, 
so yeah that moment to me, that moment to me turned the tide and really that series in july um in la with uh the rough did he swing or not i don't really oh. care because i think there were blown calls prior to that that went uh, against yes. us so it's like everything evens out um and it's, it's the human element but that that game and that series i think really solidified for me because it was kind of, it was after the all-star break it's like when this is if, if, the, if the team is gonna come back to the mean regress to the mean this is when it's going to happen and sure enough, it happened to the Padres and not the Giants. <laughs> yes, yes. So some, so that's when I kind of knew and felt that okay, they've they've got a handle on this. Like they've got a they're in their own, they're in within themselves. They are confident. They're not listening to all the the haters, and you shouldn't either. Like get behind this team, get into this. You know, they need they need every one of us pulling for them uh, to make this work. Um, and I think it's it's just been a really fantastic run. But I think those were the two turning points for me. And then of course coming into that last series oh my god the dodgers are back in, in control of the west <laughs> we're tied we never relinquished first place um and we took two out of three because we yeah. had to right to 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 maintain um our our you know first place status that that was just the icing on the cake um so, so I, i'm trying to remember how many games the giants were in front of the dodgers uh, at this point i want to say it was like three maybe trade deadline dodgers go out they get Scherzer and Trey Turner. They get two of the best players off of that Nationals team. A world champion team. World champion team. And and yeah. the, the Giants were supposedly in on Scherzer. Like, they were active, and the, we thought the Padres were going to get him. And all of a sudden, the Dodgers give the mother load, and they get both of these guys. I guess that was part of the thing, was, was that Washington wanted to get rid of both of them. And so at that point, I think a lot of Giants fans were like, okay, this is just something that is beyond our control. They're going to get everybody that they want to get because their farm system is so deep they can afford it. And I think a lot of us conceded, like, hey, if they pull it out and they, you know, we're the wild card, so be it. Like, there's only so much you can control as a fan in, in your emotions. Giants go out and get Chris Bryant and they get uh, Watson and and, you know, very little else. I think from that point on, the Dodgers won two more games than the Giants did, which is an amazing stat because Scherzer's been unhittable in LA and Trey right. Turner has fit in perfectly right. on that team. So that, that, that thing, that, that idea that, you know, we were just like, gosh, like we can't match this. And then they go out and play almost exactly to the Dodgers' pace was a pretty amazing stat in hindsight. And that's something that I don't, I don't think can be overlooked because again, the media, the, the the national media, and it look, if you stack it roster, player by player, the Dodgers roster is clearly a little heavier than the Giants. But when they played on, on, on the field, they were they were just about even. And 106 wins versus 107 wins. Um, the run differential, Dodgers squeak it out a little bit. But man, this thing is close. And again, I just I just there's something about the Giants team. Maybe it's the vets like Crawford and and Posey, and it was Belt until before he got hurt. But maybe you know maybe there's just that thing that they've been there before. Dodgers have won all these divisions at the same time, so you got these two sort of veteran teams. And I don't know, this just is shaping up to be, I think, a pretty memorable series. Now, as as you've grown up a Giants fan, probably like me even though we've won those three championships, it's almost like 
the ones that we didn't win are are you still think about them more than you think about the championship sometimes you mentioned 103 wins i remember 1987 game 7 i you know 1989 during the earthquake uh 2002 is probably the the worst one ever in the history of <laughs> of possible world series losses so don't trigger so, me now don't trigger yeah, me yeah yeah those things are on the top of our minds yeah and because of that it's almost like we can't be confident going into a series like this do you feel similarly Oh man, that's a that's a fabulous question. Um, I to be honest with you, I'll start off by saying uh, I'm going to reference something Evan Longoria apparently said, according to the sports writers on Twitter earlier, about uh, this is just a damn shame that this has to happen in the LDS and it can't yeah. be the or at least you know to me it's just I, it's a shame it can't be a seven game series, right? Because that that seems to be the that's the gold standard for baseball and why baseball I think is just so much better some some such a different kind of a sport and a different yes. challenge that the long season the 100 my wife says 162 games the <laughs> yes the 162 game season that sometimes comes down to the last the game last right game. because it's just this it's this this heavyweight battle back and forth and that's what this season has been i've almost felt like these two teams have been challenging each other right like i don't know that the giants would have won 107 games if the dodgers weren't chasing them right I also don't know if the Dodgers would have won 106 games if they didn't have to try and chase down the Giants, right? right. And that just added on top of the rivalry, on top of everything else, and just uh, and what this kind of semi-David and Goliath situation is, it just added that much more drama to it um, because they both just had these miraculous seasons. You mentioned the, the Dodgers run since whatever the, the All-Star break or, you know, late, or the, the trade deadline. Trade deadline. I think they actually, someone did a, ran a stat of like, you know, the best 60 game runs or something to the, at the end of the season all time. And these two teams were in like the top 10, like the 21 yeah. Giants and 21 Dodgers were in the top 10. So it's not like the Giants had a slow run, right? They had a miraculous and record setting run too. So it's just been like that all year. And to be, and yes, I've been through the, the Jose Akendo. I forgot to mention Jose Akendo <laughs> 1987, Atlee Hammaker blowing game three, you know, just throwing a, a dud in game three. Um, yeah, I I would I think prior to the champ sorry prior to the championships I would have difficulty like um, even in in 03, they won a hundred games they were back in the postseason I was you know oh the Marlins we have to beat the Marlins this time right but even then I was like I'm still remembering the last year right and then the next year was even worse and yep. you just expected that all to come crashing down and thank you Wayne Franklin and Cody Ransom oh my god um, right triggered. Uh, and then it just, I, but you know, then I got kind of used to the losing. So I, the championships really didn't necessarily turn out, like you said, turn it all around. It certainly helped though, right? And it helps now, given that the core of this team really is still those three or four guys, the three guys that were on those teams, right? And were a part of it and have been producing, even if Belt's not in the lineup, right? I think his presence alone is just is really powerful. Um, and it's powerful for me. It gives me confidence just to see them out there. I, but I think more more than any of it, getting those championships and getting those rings and being able to it, just say, be able to say, my team is the best. My team won a title. My team in my lifetime, something I never thought would even see happen. Um, it just made me more comfortable with this moment, with embracing this moment and seeing it. Even though it's the Dodgers, I know, God, it would be awful to lose to the Dodgers. But <laughs> seeing it as this just real great, just a beautiful opportunity, not just for the Giants or for the Dodgers, just for baseball and for for you as a fan, right? To, to feel alive, to feel really, you know. And so I'm trying to be confident. And I, I feel like uh, this team has a lot to be confident about and fans should be very confident with the Giants. Um, but I also just want to try to really just enjoy 
the series and enjoy the moment. That's why I wish it was seven games. So we can, yeah. I, and I, I would tend to my, okay. So my heart, my heart obviously wants a sweep 12, <laughs> 12, nothing, you know, no hitters for Gossman or for Webb Gossman and then whoever, <laughs> and then, you know, just go on to the next thing. But I know for in my head that it's going five games because it's just got to go five games. Yeah, right. And I'm just go. really, if, if there's anything else I'm really happy about winning the division for, it's not just the wild, not being in the wild card game, but also having that fifth game at, at the cove because i think that'll make all the difference all right so let's um let's look at the roster here now we don't know what the roster is currently i'm going to share my screen here this is grant brisby's guess he's predicting the roster no that jerk (laughs) no grant we i love you dude you're one of the best followers on twitter yeah grant's awesome uh so catchers he says buster and casali i think that's that's Yep. Definitely be the case. Unless Pedro Feliz is available. <laughs> well, well uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, they, they, they do have a young young power-hitting catcher down That's, there if they really wanted to. That is true. That is very true. What's his name again? Uh, yeah, Joey. <laughs> right, Joey. Little, little Joey. Joey Bat. Um, Joey Bat. Okay. So, infielders, Brennan Crawford, Probably. Evan Longoria, yeah. Solano, Listella, Wilmer. So, hopefully, Listella is kind of over the... The the uh, Achilles uh, Wilmer seems to be just hobbled in general, but those are your infielders. So your your sort of infielders slash outfielders were guys who can play multiple positions. Uh, Chris Bryant, Lamont Wade Jr., Darren Ruff, outfielders, and this is where Grant struggled because there his struggle was Alex Dickerson versus Steven Duggar, yeah, and he chose Dickerson mostly for late inning. Uh, late inning pinch hitting because the Dodgers have a lot of power right-handers coming out of the bullpen. Uh, Duggar is uh, better defensively. He could be a defensive replacement when you need him. But offensively, if you're hoping for that, you know, that big extra base hit late in the game, you're probably steering a little bit more towards Dickerson. I know Dickerson's season was a bit of a, uh, a frustrating one, but he did pick it up slightly near the end of the season at the end of the year. He's also often hurt. So that worries me a little bit. What do you think about the Dickerson versus Duggar uh, decision there? I think that's kind of been one of the the biggest, you know, whatever Twitter verses, if you will, um, out there, like who's going to, you know, and there's a lot, there's, there seems to be quite a bit of Dickerson hate or Dick hate out there um, <laughs> because he's just had, a, he's, he's had his struggles the last, uh, the past few months or since he came, I, don't, I forget if he was injured or was down in AAA, but since he's come back, he really hasn't looked all that comfortable at the plate, um, even like swinging through, you know, fastballs through the heart. So at the same time, like uh, Grant's right, right. It, uh, he adds that, uh, that component of the late inning, you know, power masher against power pitching. Um, and the Giants have built their, you know, built a lot of their victories this season around that that uh, critical clutch, you know, uh, double home run, big hit, right? Which, um, in- interestingly enough, has never really been part of the arsenal. Um, it, my whole, I think my whole life as a Giant <laughs> fan, maybe that, I mean, obviously the 2001 team, right? And the 2002 team hit a, shit, had, hit a ton of home runs. Um but outside of that, really, it's never been really been the Giants' thing to get that that clutch three run homer, right? The um, so 
you know, I, I always love building a team in this ballpark around pitching and defense, no matter, you know, when you're playing. So my personal preference would be for some, for getting some more speed and making sure that the center field defense is just on point. And Duggar gives you that. I don't, I don't think Dickerson has been bad at all when he's been in left field, even if he's had to defend, if he needs to be in their late innings, cause he subs in as a pinch hitter, right. And we don't have anyone else to put out there. Like that often happens with Kapler. Um, so if he's forced to play the deep play defense, he can do it, but I just trust, I like, I like the idea of Duggar out there in center a lot more than most options that they have. Um, and I also like Duggar's speed. So I just don't know where you're going to get that late inning, you know, pinch runner that you might need. Right. To, cause there, again, there's no runner at second base in the extra innings now. So if these games come down to extra yes. innings, I, I want Duggar there in case, you know, um, uh, yeah, bust, not Buster, but you know what I'm saying. Someone, one of the bigger gentlemen walks, right? Or mm-hmm. gets on first base with one out or two outs. I want him to be able to steal second. I want him to be able to go to first to third or first to home on a gap on ball, a, right? On an extra so, base hit, yeah. Yeah, and like <laughs> I probably scared the crap out of my dog is all I'm doing a lot of times is if there's a hit with a runner on base, I'm like, run, 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 run. <laughs> you know? um, so I, that's where I would lean, but I, I think you can go either way and be fine. And, and there is speed elsewhere in this in this uh, roster, but I don't think you, Duggar's a really smart base runner too. Mm-hmm. That's another thing I'd point out. Um, so it's a, it's a hit or miss for me, <laughs> to pardon the pun, but I probably lean towards Duggar as opposed to Dickerson. Right. Yeah. Now. I, I'm with you as well. The only thing that makes any sort of sense to me in going Dickerson over Duggar is just this idea that we have to think of the giants as a home run hitting team. And with the home run being the biggest part of their offense, yeah. and if that's the way that you look at it, Dickerson has the opportunity to go big fly uh, more than uh, Duggar does. So I, sure. I, I'm, I'm comfortable with that, but we'll see because you know they'll they'll announce the rosters on uh, Friday morning, I believe, before the game one, and and we'll see how they go. So. Does he have Slater in the outfield? By the way, I can't read the. Yes, he does. Right yes. Okay. He has so, Slater. so I think Slater, he's 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 good enough on the bases as well, and he also has that power um, a little more than Duggar too. Um, although, but the left-handed bat, I think, is something that um, Duggar can. But Duggar can bring that left-handed bat too against the righties, and Duggar can go yard too, just like anyway. He's got some yeah. pop, um, yeah. especially uh, especially in that lovely California air. All right. So starters, Logan Webb and Kevin Gossman. We'll talk about those guys in a second. Day Sclafani and Alex Wood. I wonder if we get an Alex Wood start or if we get a little bit of a bullpen game, maybe get an opener and then bring in Wood or because mm. I'm not I'm not sure if they see Alex Wood as they see those other three guys. And I guess it's it's all dependent on what happens in those first three games yeah. as well. But that's an interesting one to think about because Alex Wood has he was he was really solid in the beginning of the season. Then he had the issue with, you know, COVID-19. And I think he was a little frustrated about whether he was vaccinated or not. And that information getting out. And then he did close. OK, but there was there were some struggles in there that made you wonder if he was even going to, you know, be a guy they could depend on. But here uh, Grant has him as the number four starter. We will see what happens with that uh, relievers. Here's a question for you. Are you comfortable with the youngster, Camilo Duvall, closing games in, uh, you know, big time games when he's never really pitched a big game in his life? I, yeah. <laughs> to me, relief pitching is the most high risk occupation 
just about in the world other than frontline health care worker. <laughs> uh, it, it's impo- it's really impossible, I think, to to project a lot of the time. Like you've got the guys like the Kenley Jansons and the Lee Smiths or whatever that just, you know, over over time just have been dominant and, and, and done their thing. But I don't think you can ever predict them. And I think a lot of times relief pitching can be interchangeable you know, like the patchwork quilt, like I was talking about earlier, and you can get by year to year and you just never know who's going to be on point. Like Mark Mullinson can have a great year. One year comes to the Giants, hasn't, you know, the year, you know, injuries all over the place. And now he's back and closing games for, you know, for the Padres and closing. Led the to close league in saves, I think. Right. Um, so you, I don't, don't know you can predict these kind of things. And we've seen too many times. And of course, Frankie Rodriguez is at what everyone, all Giants fans think of, right? Um, You've seen it too many times where you just get that hot hand, that young, you know, uh, hot stud pitcher who doesn't know any better, right? Doesn't know, doesn't have the frame of reference to be. And like, there's not know. a lot of tape on that guy right? either. And with us, with the the way he can combine the pitch, the, that incredible heat, he can. This guy can paint the corner with 102 when he's on, um, and then that's that devastating slider. He's almost, you know, he's in that kind of like right now, at least unhittable mode. I did notice when they threw him out there, I think the third day in a row against the Padres that he'd pitched at least um, he, it looked like he had lost a little velocity, but he still had the stuff and he got out of the inning and got mm-hmm. through what he needed to do. And every one of those appearances he made in September, given what the stakes were, um, I think every one of those was a big game. And every one of those was, I felt like it was a postseason game. My heart was racing like a postseason game. And to me, that moment when he came in with the bases juiced in, in it was at Coors Field and got out of it right against the meat of their order, the double the strikeout and the double play. I just, you know, I'm like, okay, who's this guy? <laughs> where did this guy, where'd this guy come from? Wasn't, this isn't the same guy that came up earlier in the year. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I am actually, I'm, I'm cool with whatever Kapler wants to do. I'll be honest. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to cap out uh, <laughs> because to me, it's like, I've, I've been, I've kind of second guessed moves and I've like sort of questioned moves all year, but this guy's the manager of the year for a reason. Yeah. Um, and they won 107 games for a reason. So I trust if he thinks the guy, the kid's ready to go in those situations, he's ready to go because caps played the game and he's in the clubhouse with the kid. And there, there are intangibles when it comes to relief pitching. I think there is something psychological about it. And he obviously just is, he's ice cold right now. Like he's not getting psyched out by the moment. He's not even getting psyched out when uh, Joe West forced him to turn the lights on at, at uh, Oracle, right? In the middle of that, right before he comes out and warms up and it's like, oh, we're going to wait another minute and a half. Most young players generally would not, they would get antsy, right? They would start overthrowing. Yeah. And he just, he was still within himself and pitched well enough to get out of that inning, even though he was tired. So if he's fresh and he's ready to go, I will absolutely be totally fine with him going out there in a one run game in the ninth at Dodger Stadium, even that's, that is, I'm, and if he gives up the if he gives up the ghost, he does. But I'm not going to be any more confident in him than I would be with you know, or less confident in him than Jake McGee or uh, uh, you know, Tyler or Tyler Rogers. Right? They've all had their moments, bad and good, mostly good though. So I'm really confident in most in almost all of our our pen. Um, actually, all of them. I I don't have a problem with all of them. But in the ninth, why not throw your your best stuff? Mm-hmm. at the other team especially since they haven't seen him a lot i don't think they've they, and remember the dodgers didn't see him a lot in september right they maybe saw him maybe once or twice in that series yeah. i forget yep. so they're not going to be all that comfortable against him either so all right so the other relievers that grant has tyler rogers jake mcgee aka mac cheese as we mac like cheese. to call him dominic leone jose alvarez harlan garcia zach Littell. 
Kervin Castro, who's another young pitcher who they've depended on uh, coming out. And then he's got Johnny Cueto as a reliever. Now, I may feel a little bit more comfortable. Now, this is going to be depending on matchups of uh, Cueto giving us four to five than Alex Wood giving us four to five. But I'm sure they are sort of figuring that out, and it's all dependent on what happens and you know, looking at what what bats are working for the Dodgers here and there. Cueto, um, you know, I don't, who knows? His his elbow was barking. Now it seems like he's okay, but I'm sure nobody's really okay. You know, they're all kind of dinged up on that long season. Yeah. But uh, I guess the one guy who's left out is somebody like a Jay Jackson, mm-hmm. who who you could put in there. Um, they went. Uh, I think I think Grant went a little heavier lefty in in this version of the roster, but we'll see. Come uh, come tomorrow morning, and we'll see what they do as far as if this roster matches what what uh, what Grant was able to put together. Yeah, I mean, uh, Caps obviously a, he's a master of matchups. That's his that is his mo. Um, so I would imagine they uh, you know they're going to look at who the Dodgers have available, right? Um, and and who they might put on their roster. Max Muncy being out of there is interesting because it takes another left-handed bat out of their arsenal, right? Um, so maybe you maybe you have the option to go a little more right-handed heavy. Um, but Corey Seager is just as dangerous right now. So it's, it's dicey. Um, so I, I, I'll be interested to see, I, I think I'm comfortable with that, that group. I think Cueto actually, I mean, obviously he serves two purposes, right? He'll, he'll be in the pen, can give you that either long relief or even, I think he can give you one inning, right? And he's so funky. And if he can just, you know, let it all loose, maybe he can, you know, hurl up a, a bunch of really, you know, steamy fastballs, right? And get it, mm-hmm. get his, get his, uh, his MPH up a little bit <laughs> and blow guys away maybe. Um, because he just has to, you know, pitch for the one inning. But he also is there as a relief, as a release for a, a safety valve, right? In case yep. any of the starters you know, beef it, the other guys, I don't think they will. But you know, you have to be ready. Uh, and uh, so I, I, I like that. And if he's ready to go, again, the trainers and the team in, in the in the dugout and in the, in the clubhouse are going to know best if he's ready to go. I don't think. This is not like Rob Nendez anymore, where guys are going to go out there and ruin their whole career, right? To, or end their career to try to beat the Angels. Um, Let's no. turn off the the gun so that we don't yeah. know really how hard this guy's throwing. Right. So I don't think that that I don't think that those that era is around anymore. I think that guys are much more conscious of numbers and stats and and, and peripherals and also their health and their bodies, um, and much and much less apt to risk everything. <laughs> and also managers too, right? If they've sensed anything, if they sense anything is you know nagging or wrong there's really no reason to put anyone on the roster right with a like you know there's no reason to just like there's no reason to put belt on the roster if he might be able to pinch hit in game five right yeah no don't you can't waste that spot so these are it's 26 spots and it's too valuable to waste on anyone who might have any sort of question mark um so i i would you know i would hope that if he is on the roster that they they're confident he can he can pitch and contribute so speaking of duvall i was at a game and he was throwing, and I specifically wanted to see the radar gun because I couldn't remember if I'd ever seen the radar gun get into th- triple digits. Now, you've been to the park m- longer than I have. You've seen Lincecum. You know, you've seen Brian Wilson. On the other side, you've seen uh, Gagne for the Dodgers, who who was probably hitting triple digits if, if anybody was. Do you remember someone throwing 102 miles an hour at uh, Oracle? 
102, I think, is a stretch. I do. I was actually at the game. I was ushering at the game when Bonds went yard off Gagne in that 100-mile-an-hour fastball. It was yeah. the, they, the Dodgers were up two runs. Bonds was up with nobody on. And it was just like, that was one of the best at-bats I've ever seen because Gagne just kept throwing the heat right down the middle and like, fucking hit it, hit it. Pardon my French again, hit it, hit it. And he finally did. <laughs> it, was, it was so beautiful, even though we lost the game. It was the yeah. most beautiful moment. Much like much of the Bonds era, right? We lost yes. the game, but it was beautiful. Yes. Um, uh, so... We even lost. Oh man, I, I could go into it. But um, <laughs> long story short, no, I don't. At least, okay, maybe I've seen recently. It seems like there's been more guys coming up who can hit that kind of heat. But the difference is right now, at least, the control he has. Like I, I cannot believe just how smooth his windup looks. Being able to get up to 102 and hit the corner. Yeah, that is so incredibly. Like I can't imagine anything harder to do than that other than hitting that right um so it's i i've not seen that combination absolutely um especially not in a giants uniform um hunter strickland what he, he hit 100 a couple of times right or, or he hit the wall a few times too <laughs> <laughs> oh my uh, god that guy yeah right but uh yeah no i haven't seen that kind of that kind of heat at the at the yard or at the cove before either um so all right i'm gonna give you actually that's not the right thing i was um let me, I'm going to add, hang on one second. No problem. But yeah, um, if I can, if I can just one last thing about yeah, yeah. Duvall. Um, interestingly, so I, I told you my wife's been watching a lot more ball lately with me and she, I'm, I really, I'm grateful to her for putting up with me um, through all of this. Her second game ever was a 16 inning game against oh the my Mets God. Uh, at, at the, at the yard. Anyone who's been there will remember this game. Um, and uh, I remember telling her, uh, I think it went to the 16th, top of the 16th. And I said, you know, I'm thank you for staying with me. Um, eventually these games do end. And usually it ends because someone who you don't expect to do it makes a really big mistake. And Bershwin and Brendan Crawford made an error the next game <laughs> that led to the Mets scoring their, their winning run. Um, so she, she holds my, my, uh, my prognostications in high regard. So if I say, Gi <laughs> if I say giants in five, you better believe it. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Okay. Here's what I was looking for. Ah, now I'm giving you two pitchers for the giants, two starters. Yes. yes. And we have in the first one, we have someone who went nine and three in the first half of the season, 1.73 ERA. Okay. He was, a a a a poor man's degrom in the first half of the season. Second half he went five and three, four point four two ERA. The second guy went four and three in the first half, three point six three ERA. In the second half, seven and zero, oh, two point seven one ERA. So I think you know where I'm getting at here. The first yes. person is Kevin Gossman. Correct. The second person is Logan Webb. Yes. The Giants decided Logan Webb is starting game one and Kevin Gossman is starting game two. And I wanted to get your thoughts on that. I have many thoughts, um, but actually all of them pretty positive in terms of the, the decision. I think this is the right call, actually. I was, I was uh, as everyone else, the, the, the couch prognosticator thinking, okay, how do we line this up? I'm even thinking about further on, like game three, four, like this, this I guess this, the funny starts game three, but don't you want kind of a lefty after the two righties? I don't know. Um, but anyway. I like this a lot um, I, for a lot of reasons. One, it keeps Webb in his normal rest, um, which for a young player, I think consistency is, I think consistency is really important. Um, 
it shows an extreme amount of confidence in uh, in him, and I think uh, that I think that can only help him in his confidence and his his um, how he feels going into the game. I worry a lot that if Gossman, for whatever reason, screwed the pooch in game one, putting it all on Webb to come out and stop thing, stop the bleeding in game two. Um, not that he didn't step up in huge games, like I said earlier about Duvall. All these games have been huge, especially the last one. Um, I have every confidence that he could stop the bleeding, but I don't like putting all that that added pressure on him, right? Um, so I do, I, I like it a lot. And at the end of the day, it's they've they've both. Webb's been pitching fan, just fantabulous since he came back and since the since the All Star break, basically undefeated. I think I think the Giants are actually undefeated, maybe in his game since the All Star break. No matter if he got the win or not. Um, and uh, but Gossman, if you look at his last, especially the last two starts, was, has been nails, absolute. Now that start at Coors Field. I it's a house of horrors for us. I don't care how good their team is. It's always a house of horrors. And yeah. he pitched absolutely brilliant, unhittable baseball in that, in that park. And then in his next start against the Padres. So, you know, I, I, I could go either way, but I really like the idea of giving the, the kid the ball in game one and give Gossman one extra day or a couple extra days of rest. Uh, Cause he is the wily 31 year old <laughs> or whatever veteran yeah. um, and to get that slide, that, that splitter snapping right. And just get completely uh, locked in. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I, I, there's a lot of reasons I like it, but I think you could go either way. Cause they've both been really, really just dominant, for, uh, at, at different spots of the year, but both right now, I think their last few starts, both have been just spectacular. And of course, you know, Babe Webb, man, you want your best hitting pitcher in the in game one, right? Um, this is the national league. We need, we need pitchers who can rake. So go out I there. At, and- I was at that one game where he missed the home run by like two feet at the top of the wall. And, uh, I didn't think he was going to be able to outdo that. I was like, oh, there's his one. And then in that last game of the season, he goes yard. It was pretty amazing. He, he was he had two hits. I mean, the kid, he he scored three runs. <laughs> I mean, he's two hits and a walk. Um, he I think he combined to, to you know, driving just as many runs as the Padres scored off yeah. of him. And he really, he probably should have been out there for the eighth anyway. But I know whatever. The Padres are a good baseball team, by the way. Um, they hit the ball really well. It's just they had a really crappy run. Tatis and Machado. That's scary. That's scary as heck going through those guys, and he did it right. Um, and then they, you add Will Myers, who's a giant killer, to the mix. So I'm I'm really glad we got out of that series. I know. With, I know. With two out of three. Um, so yeah, no, I, I have no issue with this at all. And like I said, I have um, I have faith uh, in Cap until they lose, and then of course I'll go on Twitter and talk about how he needs to be fired. Uh, <laughs> but until then, until they they completely fall apart, um, which I don't think they will, they're going to win a game in this series. Um, I hope three. Uh, I, I I like this move, and I don't. I also don't think that, like we talked about earlier, with this team being the patchwork quilt. You also what you notice is no one has an ego. Nobody on this team. There's and there's no like fancy like metal or wheelchair or coat or thing when they hit a home run. They've hit the most home runs you know in the league, I think, or at least national the most league, home runs at least in their history, national league. Yeah, most home runs in their history, right? But yet there was never any sort of like you know, celebration, shimmy, shimmy dance, right? They just get back to the dugout, they high five and they're back to business. They're back to work. They're back to winning games. I love that. I absolutely love that. You can keep all the little medals and trinkets and swag. Give me a team that just goes out there and does their business and wins. Yeah. And I'll, I'll watch that any day. That's that I don't need all the dramatics. But. You can't really think too highly of yourself when 
Zadie is sending everybody and their mother back to AAA. <laughs> like, right. at the, yeah. he's just optioning left and right. At the Correct. You don't know. You, you've got to you've got to go out there and perform. And but you also understand that if you don't, you know, there is someone behind you. But that's just more should be motivation to you to get back there, right? Because there always there's always going to be an opportunity. There's yep. always going to be another opportunity. Someone gets hurt. Someone goes down. Someone doesn't play as well. So everyone's ready. I think someone said. I, I think Wilmer even said that. And Wilmer, who I'm gonna, I'll I'll talk all sorts of smack on Twitter about his defense. Oh, he, he hits the ball good. He, he hits the ball good. I will gladly feels, take his hitting lefties. the ball. Yes, he absolutely does. I will gladly take his hitting of the ball. And he's hasn't made an egregious error at first base since Belt's been out yet. <laughs> One, but um, no, that was that was Wade actually. Sorry, I'm thinking of a different play. Anyway. Um, he said something along the lines of, you know, you just have to be ready yeah. every day. Cap makes you make sure that no matter who you are in the roster, you are ready to play that day because you might. Um, and I love that. I love that everyone's on their toes and ready to contribute. That's why we have the most pinch hit home runs uh, in our history or in major league history. Right. Because guys are just ready to come in and they're ready to go. You do not need to warm up like they're they're hyped up already. So, good. All right. So the only so the only thing I wanted to say about this was. uh I think we should be very ready. I think that bullpen is going to be ready. Not to say that Webb is not going to have a good start because he because he may. But you can go back to uh, some of Lincecum's playoff starts, and he would get so amped up, and he'd be, just start out wild and you know throw the, these pitches. But I, you know, I think Webb eventually will sort of settle. But that's a big moment: Dodgers yeah. and Giants Friday night, yeah. a, uh, Oracle Park. It's the it's the biggest series of of the four. I I would not put it past him to, you know, have a have a little bit of a, a of a um anxious start. I, he's a good pitcher; he'll get through it. But I do think there's a possibility that that will also have to be a heavy bullpen game. Um, and that's just that that's what they they are betting on their ability to play the full nine innings no matter what. And I like yep. that. I like that idea. They're not banking on you know, Bueller throwing eight, eight innings and then getting to Jansen. Like they're banking on like, look, if we got to, if we got to bring in all these different relievers, we've done it all year, we can do it. So yeah. I'm okay with that. I do think Gossman probably has a little bit more of a settled game one, but if you get out of game one with the young guy and you get a win and you can come back with Gossman, I think that exactly. settles him even more. So. Exactly. And then you come, I mean, that it just, it, it makes me much more, feel a lot better. Like if we, you're right. If you come, Webb comes out and dominates in game one, we got Gossman backing him up in game two against what Urias or wh whoever they're going to throw out there. Yeah. Right? It's still to be determined for whatever reason. They have right. Not, I mean, they might, and they might have to determine depending on wh who wins game one. Right. right. Um, so I, 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 again, that's another reason I like it. Cause then you just come with that, that gut punch hopefully. And then that can propel us, you know, we're at least two up going to LA. I like that a, heck of a lot better than one, one or <laughs> the alternative. <laughs> um, I, even though I, you know, I think we still think it's going five, but I would love to finish it in three or four that's no problem with me either we play well in la so yeah no, i i like this a lot i'm i'm just more i'm actually more curious about three and four like it and um what happens if you know we're down to one in game four like who goes out to do we send wood out there um he's been one thing i like about wood is that he's really been good against like the first two rounds of the lineup it seems like it seems like that's his kind of his limit like once guys see him the third time it seems like the 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 hits start to come pretty quickly um not so much maybe the last start or two. I think he he kind of evened that out a little bit, but it's pretty much he's pretty much been a five inning and a five and dive uh, guy. Um, so I don't know if you want to take your chances with that or go with the the bullpen game or even maybe even a you know a, a Cueto who has you know postseason World Series champion experience.
So and, you know, look, we'll Wood see. has pitched in big games before yes. for the Dodgers. So for the Dodgers, so that that is helpful at Dodger Stadium. So, <laughs> so that, that is helpful that makes for sense. him. Makes sense. And and you know that that does mean something. What it means, you we don't we can't like put a number on it, but it's it an means intangible. something. Yeah, it's an intention. <laughs> uh, okay, so let's look. Before we get out of here, let's look at yep. the rest of these series. So Please. Uh, we started this podcast. Uh, the Astros and the White Sox were playing. The Astros easily took game one. I mentioned that they're the th- uh, the fourth best team in baseball when it comes to run differential. Um, I Before this series started, I would have taken the Astros – uh, in in you know in a five gamer or so, I think the White Sox are good. But the White Sox, you know, kind of to the point that you you mentioned with Giants and Dodgers pushing each other, the White Sox didn't really have anybody to push them. They were good from beginning to end, and nobody really in their division who uh, who challenged them. So I expected them to start a little bit flat, but the way the Astros started this game was uh, very solid. I think they're an excellent baseball team. I expect them to win this series. If the White Sox did win, I think it'd be really cool because I, uh, you know, they have a young team and they have some really exciting players. And you know, who we always want to see them beat the, you know, the cheaters. Uh, but what do you think about this series? Well, I hope they're not cheating again. I mean, Dust, <laughs> I, I love you, Dusty. You know, as much as yes. I hate the, the, you know, I yes. wish you hadn't given the game ball to Russ Ortiz. <laughs> we love Dusty. Was, oh god, we love Dusty. If if that's the worst thing he did in ten years as a Giants manager, whatever. Yeah. Um, Thank you so much, Dusty, for everything you did. Uh, so I think he's cleaned up the shop there. I um, I would I think I agree with you in uh, in principle there. Um, the uh, I they say they say a lot that you know September success or being hot right in the case of the Cardinals right doesn't matter um, as much if you look at the stats. I still think it is about how you're playing at the time too, um, which is why again why I like the Giants because they've just been like you said consistent all year right. The Astros have just been a very good, solid team all year, um, and uh, they've they're built very well. They've got solid starting pitching, even though I couldn't name their whole rotation. Uh, <laughs> they've still got all the bats that they need. Um, they've got uh, a park that they play in very, very well, um, and of course they cheat. So you know, <laughs> uh, but I think and the White Sox probably may be a little too young, and unfortunately they did get their their you know their ace beat today. Um, so that's not going to, I don't know how strong their rotation is towards the back end. So I don't know if that's, that might end up, uh, be, uh, being a problem. They might've had to win this game, especially without the home field advantage. So I'm going to, I'll go with the Astros. Um, I would say four games. I'll give the, the White Sox one game at home at least. So the Red Sox and the Rays, the Red Sox have to win that wild card game against the Yankees. And then, one. and then they get to go play the best team in the American league when it comes to record, the, uh, the, the Tampa Rays had 100 wins. I I, I was kind of looking at some of, some of the numbers, um, trying to see wh- where could the Red Sox have a, have an edge here. The Red Sox probably played a little bit above their talent level. The Tampa probably played right about wh- where they are. I I, I don't know if they're going to sweep them, but I fully expect the Rays to win this series and to to kind of put a stamp on this one. I, I I should have looked at this before. I don't know what their um, season series was like, but I don't know that, what the record was, but um, right before I came on, I had, I did have S, you know, uh, whatever the playoff broadcast on in between games. Um, by the way, spoiler alert, the Rays are up to nothing in top three in the in game. Yes. one. doesn't mean anything long way to go. Yeah. Long, um, long game. 
but uh, they did put up the stats. I forget. I don't think they put up the win win loss, but the stats were actually very comparable. Um, I think the only thing that was re- like the ERA, I think, was team ERA was identical, like four eighty five or something. The team batting average or the team uh, runs per game was pretty much identical. The only difference was um, home runs and r- hit uh, at batting average with runners in scoring position, which actually correlate to each other. So the Rays had, I think, more dingers, and the the, the Sox actually put together more rallies. But overall, like runs scored and run differential, they were pretty much right. And I don't know what the final season series win loss was, but the stats were pretty similar. Um, and I think they're kind of they're somewhat built the same way. But I yeah, the the Rays, while I don't I, again, I couldn't name their whole roster, frankly, because I think they got a lot of young talent and new talent that I, I, that I haven't had a lot of experience with because I don't follow the American League as much. They seem like the better team and that they've had they 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 seem to have been getting it over on the Sox and the Yankees down the stretch but the Sox again are as always are unpredictable and they've they've got a lot of talent on that team they can really mash the ball um so I think it's got to be seen how that comes down but I'd have to I think it probably go five I would I would say I think the Sox will take it to five um but uh I don't if I had to go one way there I'd probably lean raise but I I'm a Sox fan at Deep down, if I have an American <laughs> League team, it's, it's the Sox. So I kind of don't want them to win because I really don't want the Giants to have to face them in the, in the World Series. Would be too, be, yeah, I know who I'd root for, obviously. Yeah, but, um, yeah so I, I, heart says Sox, head says Rays, but I think it's Pickham. The one thing, if you're a Red Sox fan, that you can actually look at, they are tested because if you look at that division, and they all play each other, Yankees, Blue Jays, Rays, Red Sox, that's they scary. all had to to play each other. And so when you look at like their record against teams above 500, Tampa Bay is at 48 and 42 uh, against teams whose record is better than 500. Boston was a little bit under 500, but they they played more games against teams above 500 than Tampa Bay did. And you know, so that says that their level of competition was a little bit higher. Giants and Dodgers didn't really play very many games against teams above 500 because Except each know, other. the National League East was really bad. Yes. And, you know, outside uh, in the Central and the West, when you got past the good teams, the bad teams were really bad. So this like, all tells me that the interleague probably skewed towards the American League this year. Yes. I'm guess that's how, that's how it has to balance out, right? Yeah. Yes. So. That is one thing. Like Boston is battle tested. They've played a high level competition. They can compete against a high level of competition. I just don't know if they can beat the best team in the in the American League. But it's 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 gonna it should be fun. And you know, whenever you get the like the Giants and Dodgers, whenever you get those interdivisional series, is it, it's a little bit more meaningful because yeah, you know each other so well. Correct. Yeah, that's exactly it. You've just seen, you've both seen each other all year. You've played nineteen games, so it's not like there's any secrets um, between these two you know, between the two teams, unless there was just some. Like I said, the Camilo Duvall who just came out of nowhere at the end, right? And and suddenly can can uh, just surprise everyone. So I don't think, yeah, there's no secrets. There's no surprises. And they'll play. To, I think it, what I noticed just from casually observing was those four teams down the stretch, they were just playing each other really hard. Um, and there was no one who really stood out um, all that much. It's just that the Rays had a lead on the rest of them by the end of the, uh, the end of the thing. And so they were able to hold off and win the division and, and get to hundred wins. Um, but um, yeah, I'll be really interested to see what happens, but uh, I, you know, the race have been a pretty good team uh, consistently, no matter who's playing for them. And they've got a lot of young talent and the, you know, as we know from 
losing twice to the Marlins with those young those young Marlins teams <laughs> that were like rebuilding teams, right? Yeah, yeah. Because uh, they sold off all their talent and then they rebuilt and beat us again. Uh, you know, sometimes it is that, like I said, with Duvall, with Webb, it's that young, not dumb, but just, you know, or ignorant, just you really have no frame of reference. You've never been there before anyway. So it's like, what the hell you're playing? It's like they're playing with house money and they know it. And they're just too young to know any better or know that it's a huge situation. It's just like, this is just what I do. I go out and dominate. So uh, really, anxious, but there's a lot of talent in that series. I just love watching when I have no rooting interest, I love watching talent. And yep. there's a lot of talent in that series. All right. So the last, uh, last uh, series here is the Braves and Milwaukee. And if you've watched both teams all year long, you'd probably say, well, you know, Milwaukee should actually cruise through this series. And on, you know, just on glance, I, I would probably agree, especially because they have that great starting pitching. But then you start to look a little bit in the details. And Brad and I were covering, you know, we were looking at all of these teams throughout the season. And when the Mets and when the Mets were in first place, I was just looking at certain analytics, certain, you know, the run differential. And I was like, nope, Atlanta's coming. The Atlanta's coming from they're gonna win the division. They're 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 the team is playing under what they, you know, they're actually winning less games that they should than they should be winning. And lo and behold, you know, they actually win the division fairly easily. They won by six and a half games over the uh, the Phillies and eleven and a half over the Mets. And they still lost seven or they still won seven games less than the Brewers, though they had a plus 19 run differential over the Brewers. So something tells me, and you can even look at last 10 games, the Brewers mm-hmm. had to play the Dodgers. Uh, so, you know, they, they got swept at the end there and they didn't have to. Thanks play. Brewers. Yeah, I know <laughs> they, they weren't playing for anything, but um, the Braves, won eight out of their last 10 brewers yeah. only won four of the last 10. So there's a little bit of something there with them coming in hot. I don't know. I, if I was to pick an upset, I might pick the Braves over the brewers here. I don't know how much of that makes sense, but if I'm just kind of looking at how, you know, the season went and people, you know, the brewer, the Braves played a little bit under their talent and they lost their best player in Acuna. Right. But I don't know. I, I kind of think that if there is an upset here, it's going to be the Braves beating uh, the brewers. I uh, the last point you made, I think, is very valid in that they're playing they're kind of playing under their uh, their abilities. If you look at on paper versus what's on the board um, and they've got some they do have a lot of talent. I mean, the fact that they won the division going away with without their best player, right, says a lot about the talent they have on the team. That lineup is hot. They're they're, there. We were there. Were we in Atlanta, I think, or they were here uh, end of August. And then we got the Brewers, too. So we got to see both of these teams back to back. Uh, towards the end of the year and they were both they both played us real hard the brewers you know took it to us frankly i I felt like the braves played us better than any team has played us all year yeah those games were tough right and it was also it was equally it was doubly tough having to watch adam duvall go out there and rake (laughs) right like the one the one guy that we all regret like getting rid of and all those trades that sabian made right like most of them didn't blow up in our face right except for uh uh liriano right and that whole trade the the Krasinski trade yep um but other than that the Duvall trade probably is the only one that really has blown up in our face and none of us could have predicted that anyway um but yeah they can mash they've got really strong pitching their their top end is fantastic Max Reed is a beast um and their bullpen is solid so these guys are and they're they're built for they got Will Smith right in the eighth inning right I think uh so they're built for success so I was surprised they didn't play better um other than just losing obviously their all-star um and the 
the winning the wind differential or the the wind differential at the end with the Phillies really was driven by they they swept the Phillies in four yeah. games uh, down in the last week of the season, and that says a lot because that's your you know it's your competitor it's a team that's hot they're trying they're 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 coming back on you they're right there they've got Harper they've got all that talent um, coming up but you just went out there and just said, sorry done right yeah swept yeah. them that yeah. says a lot so I think that they're playing with a lot of confidence right now and I agree and the Brewers I don't. I wasn't terribly impressed with the Brewers after they clinched. It seemed like they did turn it off and take take off the take it off the gas. And again, like they said, they're not. It's not a predictor. September success is not a predictor of October success. But you know, they just haven't been. They haven't been need the, had the need to turn it on. And now you got to turn it on again after like five days off too. So it's actually something I worry, worry about with the Giants because we were just playing so consistently well and having to play at such a high level for so long that. You know, now with four days off, you know, how did they come out tomorrow? The Dodgers got to play yesterday and got to really get their juices up. Yeah. Giants are coming out fresh tomorrow. I think they'll be ready. But still, it's it's a concern, right? Because yeah. you don't it's like it's like when you're on a winning streak, you don't want a day off. Yeah. You want to play, you yeah. play tomorrow. Yeah, we won nine playing. straight. I want to win ten. Let's go right. to tomorrow. Right. Which is why the, the Cardinals streak is so impressive because they had days off, like they had they had to keep it going uh for more than a couple of weeks. So so I, uh, I think you were asking who's going to win. Um, I like the Braves, actually. Um, I, I, and the Braves just have a postseason pedigree, just the uniform, not yeah. even the, to the players. So I'll, yeah. I'll go with the Braves. All right. So um, what are we doing for this postseason? So Brad is going to be out until Saturday. Uh, I think you are going to be available for us tomorrow night. After 100%. I'll, after Audrey's- the game. I don't think I'll be going to sleep tomorrow night, no matter what happens. <laughs> so just hit me up whenever, and I'll jump on. I'm I'm happy to happy to join and and talk about whatever happened. And I promise I won't cry if we lost. <laughs> so my my idea, what I want to do is for every game, either after the game, it, unless it goes like 15 innings and we need to go to sleep, uh, to do a short show, just like a gamer, a recap. What, what's what's the lead of this story? What what is the you know if you were to write this story, Peter uh, Peter knows he 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 worked at the Merck. You know, what is what is the the one sentence that encaptures everything? That's kind of how I want to treat the the gamer version of the podcast. It'll be much shorter, sure. but it is. I, I want to get our reactions, right? I want to get like, how are we feeling like right after this game is over about this game? So uh, Peter's going to come back with us after game one. Brad should be back on game two. Uh, if possible, maybe we'll bring Peter back on, on some other stuff, maybe for some preview stuff. Sure. Um, and and you know we'll do it that way but we want to have a lot of audio for this postseason it's actually kind of cool to think about being able to capture what the season is and what the playoffs are uh, on a podcast like i've i've written like blog stuff and i've written gamers about games during all the the three giants championships but i've never done it so immediate and so live after the game so that's what we're going to do we'll, we're going to live stream a lot of this stuff as as, as well as, as much as we can and uh, and come join us on our YouTube channel. Uh, we are now on the Fight Game Media YouTube channel because there's just more subscribers, and we tried to run our own YouTube channel, but it was really hard. Um, and then you know the the podcast. So you know if you're listening on the um, uh, on iTunes or any sort of podcasting, and you can give us a a review, five stars is great. Listen to us on YouTube. Subscribe to Fight Game Media. You can find us in our own little uh, playlist. And all of our shows will be there. And I'm excited to just kind of document the season. And I hope it goes beyond this first series because then, you know, then we're really getting into the into the whole thing of being able to see, you know, some really high level baseball. 
I and I and that's kind of one of the reasons I'm hope I'm rooting for the Braves, frankly, because if the Giants do get through, I just can't beat the Braves enough. <laughs> <laughs> so like 20, uh, 2010 was great, but let's and uh, let's just keep beating the crap out of the Braves. That was yeah, beautiful. A hundred percent. All right. So thanks to Peter for for coming here and, and he'll be with us tomorrow. Um, I'm Double G. We will see you when we see you. Peace. Peace out. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.